0: Um, it's funny, too, because it was also a day when uh, school districts used to give this day off for the kids. That's ended. But I know some people are still out of town today because either uh, they decided we'll observe President's Day, even if the uh, schools don't or their offices don't. And uh, nonetheless, we welcome you back to the show. Good to have you here uh, on this uh, Monday afternoon. This used to be my spring training trip. I would... I would always go early and uh, spend, let's say, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Arizona, drive back Monday. But because there was school today, I decided, you know what, I'm going to uh, go ahead and uh, hold off this year. We didn't didn't do it. But, but, my brother, uh, Matt, went, took his family and kids. He didn't care about missing a couple days of school. I mean, no big deal. They went, they went to spring training. And here's the funny thing, okay? They went to to the Padres camp Saturday and Sunday. Saturday they were there for like four hours, but they didn't want to wait. Uh, I guess they got tired because, you know, practice ends around 2 o'clock. So they didn't want to stick around and wait for it to end. So they just got out of there, went to have lunch, went to have some pizza, and and they called it a day, right? No autographs other than Joe Musgrove. Yesterday was like an early day. So they were smart. They got there late, showed up. And all I know is that um, one of his two sons, Jackson, who's a huge – he plays baseball, loves baseball, loves uh, getting autographs and meeting players and getting his baseball cards signed. He went to Padres camp, and he ended up getting Bogarts, Tatis, Machado, Kim, every big name that the Padres have. Uh, he was able to get yesterday he had like this ridiculous run where every big name that was there uh he got them to sign their their cards. so i would say that's a that's a major score for him and now spring training trip turns out to be a success you know that's Man. if you like autographs and meeting players, don't don't go for games. You're never going to do that during games. Go go in February, in the middle of February, when they're first reporting during President's Day weekend, and that's where you get all your autographs. It's just like he did today, uh, yesterday.
1: You know, I know we had Benny Kaplowitz on the show before, but I think we might need to have Jackson in studio, Steve, to give our listeners like a four one one tutorial on how to get the biggest names and maybe all of baseball. Forget the Padres, maybe all of baseball <laughs> and like Tatis and. Machado and Musgrove I mean that's incredible right there to get all those autographs and to do it with uh you know some such ease like you just mentioned it casually a Sunday afternoon they're out there doing it I mean that's pretty special we need to give yeah. our listeners some tips in case they want to go out there
0: Here is the big uh, here's what he ended up getting darvish tatis Bogarts Machado Kim Compusano. now nice. like he did he did really well and Apparently he had like a great position, right? Like in this, like he had this. He found a way to get to like this area in the fence where he kind of maximized it. And then when they all came over, autograph after autograph after autograph. And I'm happy they went because we we would go on this particular weekend. I would always be sending him back pictures of of uh, our son Joel with all these ball players. Like, one year we went and we met Blake Snell, we met Chris Paddock, we met Hugh Darvish, we met Capisano, we met everybody. Like, they're all there. And we just met them all and took, and took pictures and got autographs, right? And I told them, I said, you know, instead of going out and spending 250 bucks or 500 bucks for spring training tickets and coming up empty because they don't sign, do it this way. Get there early, go to camp, and you'll end up meeting everybody. And you get all the autographs. It's exactly what they did. And they're the, and these kids are the exact opposite, by the way. Because think about this. So apparently, this is what I heard. Okay, so when it comes to college basketball, there's he has twin boys and they're 12 years old. One twin is Benny. He's at all the UTEP games. All the UTEP games won't miss. In fact, he'll miss a, a, a little league baseball game to go watch UTEP play. That's just respect. Him. That's it. He's at every game, knows everything about it. Jackson couldn't care less about basketball, so he doesn't go. He stays home. Benny goes to the games. Spring training? Jackson's out there getting autographs. What's Benny doing? He's on his iPhone watching Florida Atlantic play a college basketball game while all this stuff is going on out there in Arizona. They're the exact opposite. So, one likes college basketball, loves UTEP. The other loves baseball and loves spring training. And uh, they do the exact opposite things at these games, which is hilarious to me. I love that. It's like, hey, how's Benny doing? Uh, he's watching Florida Atlantic play. It's like, come on, man, it's it's Sunday. you got you got all these all these players there. you got come on, you got Bogarts, Tatis, Kim, Machado, and you're watching a, you're watching a Florida Atlantic on the phone. That's unbelievable.
1: You know who's benefiting off all this is Matt. I mean, their father. Because he gets the best from both of them. Like He'll get all the baseball knowledge from Jackson, and then he'll get all the basketball knowledge he needs from Benny. So this is excellent. I mean, to have these two opposite as far as their sports liking goes, I I think it's pretty cool. And it's real interesting to me to hear that these two individuals, one is obsessed with baseball, the other one is obsessed with college basketball. It's not like that's uh, turning on a ton of television sets all across the country here in america if everybody you know you hear about sports fans younger sports fans they love the nfl that's usually what they gravitate towards so now hearing it from baseball and college basketball it's refreshing
0: and by the way they listened to the entire minor talk show from arizona on the, on their phone uh, i guess into the car or either that or just through their devices while minor talk was live after the game against middle tennessee so not only were they out there in Arizona uh for spring training but they were following everything along watching the games and then listening to the entire minor talk
1: man poor guys double overtime Mm. loss i mean you know i I feel for the minor fans who suffered through first off long broadcast that game felt like it would never end uh felt like the refs completely lost control of that game uh and then they have to stick around to listen to minor talk of everybody complaining of how bad the team was i mean saturday was not a good
0: time to be a utep fan so today is my 18th anniversary And congratulations. um, Thank you. And I just, I just want to wish my wife, Karen, if she's listening, happy anniversary. Um, I I love you. And uh, I'll I'll be home in a couple hours. Uh, Meanwhile, decided instead of celebrating to go out to dinner tonight, after the show, we went out to dinner Saturday. So I told, I I said to her, look, we'll go after the UTEP game is over figure six o'clock. We'll go to dinner. And then um, I'm watching the game and 6 becomes 6:15 becomes 6:30 and then it becomes 7. And I was watching that game. I wouldn't I would not leave the living room because the game was on. She was in the other room and she was fine, didn't care. But finally with 30 seconds left to go in double overtime when they were down 3 and just either turned the ball over or missed a shot. I forget what it was. That was when I finally had enough cursed the TV set, shut it off, and said, let's go. I'm ready. She said, was the game over? I go, no, there's 30 seconds left in double overtime. She goes, what? We're, we're No, you got to say, I go, no, no. I, I don't want to watch the end of this. I know how it's going to go. I've already invested three hours of my life in this basketball game, and quite frankly, I can't watch the last 30 seconds I, I of double overtime. I, I That was the end for me, Adrian. That's what I said. I want to go out to dinner. Let's celebrate our anniversary Saturday night, and, and I just got to put this game behind me because I, I just could not, I could not stomach the last 30 seconds knowing, A, they were going to lose, and B, you know, the way that game had played out up until that point, that's when I finally checked out and had enough.
1: I thought you were gonna say, "Well, we just." I figured UTEP was gonna win after Jonathan Dosanjos hit the three to start off second overtime, and there's no possible way that uh, Middle Tennessee could have come back after that one. I mean, there's so many points in that game; the Miners should have won. And you know, you you talked to the team today, and the one of the first questions I had, you know, uh, Joe Golding was asking me, "What what do you want to ask about the road? The road woes?" And I get it; like this is one of those things that's happened nine times. It continues to be a storyline, hangs over their head. But I just asked. It was such an emotional loss. Like, how do you rebound from that? And and it's it's tough because you put so much emotion on trying to beat one of the worst uh, teams in conference USA, Middle Tennessee. Yep. And they're not able to do it in double overtime fashion, where we could have pinpointed uh, like five different scenarios where they should have just closed it out and won the game. It's like Groundhog
0: Day. It's what I feel like when when I watch this team on the road. You've seen the movie Groundhog Day, right? With Bill Murray. Yes. Okay. He repeats the same, like, here's what he tries to do, okay? Like, he tries to change things up in that whole movie. And he always wakes up having to repeat the same day. Like, no matter what he does. Because remember, he becomes a better person, tries to win the girl, tries to do this and that. And he's always repeating the same day until the very end of the movie, okay? That's that's how I feel UTEP basketball is on the road. Like I feel like I'm watching the same thing every single time, right? They come ready to play, they hang tough. In some of these games, they have a chance to win. In others, they they're they're in there until the last four or five minutes, and then they die. And then, but they, but the, the end result is always the same. They always lose on the road, no matter what. But that's that's what I feel like. I mean, every game to me is Groundhog Day for UTEP basketball on the road, and it's and it's depressing. Because we all know that you know this team should should have um, a few more wins than they have right now. Because when you're zero nine on the road, that's a killer, and uh, you know fans are frustrated. I don't blame them. Should they have lost that game on Saturday? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But we all, I mean, you kind of knew they would. They're 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 winless. You figure that you know they'll maybe eventually they'll figure out a way to break it. You even said on the show Friday, you said that. If they don't win on Saturday, you don't see how they're ever going to win a road game this season. I almost guaranteed a win. You did almost guarantee a win. That's right. I would have given you
1: the, you know, if I was giving you betting advice, I would have said bet the minors in this game. They're going to win this one. I, I said it on this show. No matter, they're going to win this one on the road. They had multiple chances, and they still weren't able to do it. I'll just reel off some stats that are staggering real quick. Please. 42 points in the paint. 39 bench points. When is the bench ever going to put up 39 points uh, for this UTEP team? And then they uh, also in this game, uh, you know, the one glaring weakness, or I, I guess glaring set that I look at, forced 25 turnovers. So the previous time that Middle Tennessee came to town, that was their season high. They forced 27 turnovers. This time just two under that, 25 turnovers UTEP's able to force, and they still don't close it out with a win.
0: When was the last time UTEP men's basketball led the nation in multiple categories, and they were thirteen and thirteen after twenty-six games, which includes, by the way, games against Division three opponents? Think about that for a second, okay? They lead the country in not in bad stats, good stats, forcing turnovers, steals, whatever. I forget forget what the numbers are. But they're like, you know, 300-something teams. They're number one. Number one. And yet, they're a 500 basketball team right now, and they're under 500. What are they, 4-7 and in Conference USA? That's right, yeah. Ugh. It's not to make a person vomit. It really is. Because they should be so much better. They should be so much better than they are. And we were talking about this. Is it a talent issue? Is it a coaching issue? Is it a mental issue? At this point, I don't even know. I mean, you tell me, when, when you're right there and you just can't finish, and it's not like they're not trying. It's, like, it's not like they're trying to lose. They're trying to win. They just can't for whatever reason. They can't win a road game. What is it? No clue. They have no
1: answers. They they can't do it where they, they can't close these games out. They've had multiple opportunities against some of the best teams in conference play, like Sam Houston. They had them on the ropes. That game was over and couldn't close it out. And then this one against the worst teams in conference, USA like Middle Tennessee, and, and couldn't able uh you know, couldn't do it as well. Even Florida International, you reflect back to that first road loss out of conference play. you know, and that one was such an emotional game. They had that one in the bag, and then Florida International international closes that game the way that they do on a big run and uh steals it from the miners. so i don't i don't know i mean this team just i think they've shown us a lot as far as who they are and i think that for some fans they don't want to accept who this team is and it's kind of an average or below average team right now
0: yeah it is i mean, there's no listen you can't call a four and seven team in conference usa above average absolutely not in fact they're below average they are they're three games below average, in terms of conference USA. They're five hundred on the season, but that's counting games against teams that you know are glorified exhibition games. It's it's shocking to be honest with you. It really is. Because I had this I had this debate yesterday when I was talking to a good buddy of mine, Hunter Pennypacker, who loves to call minor talk after games. We we're talking about it, saying, is it a talent issue? Is it a coaching issue? What is it? And that was it's such a—it's it's like one of life's great mysteries. In fact, if you think you have the answer to the question, I'd love to hear about it today. Maybe John Tyser has the answer to the question when he joins us 90 minutes from now, live at Hudson's, where he'll be standing by for UTEP basketball with Keith Adams and Joe Golding coming up here at 6 o'clock.
1: Yeah, I feel like for me roster makeup um, and just kind of the philosophy of roster building maybe has been uh, holding this team back a little bit from the growth it expects and it wants to see at this point. I mean, what they brought back was Tay Hardy. They brought back Calvin Solomon. That is, those are two guys who started off the season as CUSA preseason all-conference players. Yep. And they brought in Zid Powell to be the difference maker within those two, uh, the bunch. So Zid Powell was supposed to be the impact difference maker. Z- Tay Hardy is supposed to take a level up, which I truly believe he did. I think this season he has stepped up from where he was last year. And then Calvin Solomon, who has not lived up to that CUSA preseason all-conference player. Uh, it's just, you know what, the makeup of this roster
0: maybe wasn't what it it was intended to be. Yeah. obviously not because you're right proof's in the pudding four and seven in the league 13 and 13 overall all right we'll take calls we'll give you a minor talk mashup during the show today as well we've got that for you we'll give out awards from uh, saturday night's game we'll replay those too so a lot in store on our monday edition of the program with you till six as we send it over to charlie one let's get this traffic update to pass the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. 505 6009. That's 505 6009. Saw this a little while ago from Esteban talking about autographs at spring training or games in, in general. My wife, Elvia, Esteban says to us, managed to get Altuve to sign her jersey at a game we attended in Seattle in April of 2019. That's a good score. I'll tell you it, what, in like the prime of his career, yeah, exactly right. And by the way, that it is not easy getting autographs before games. It is not easy. In fact, before or after, very difficult. Spring training, it's uh, you know they they if you are lucky, you might get one or two players max. Nobody signs, and then regular games, it's tough. It is really tough. That's why I was always said if you are an autograph uh, fan, go this week, this past weekend. That's the time to go before they play games and when they're just working out. That's always been for us the most successful time we could get it done, and they did it. So that's great. All right. Good job, Esteban. Appreciate that. Let's go to Cruz. He's going to be first up today. 505 our telephone number. Hey, Cruz, uh, lead us off here on a Monday. Take my phone. I think we need better talent. You know, Don Haskins used to go out and
2: get some pretty good talent. I think we need to do that now. Like uh, our football coach did, he got some pretty good talent. You know, you might not get him this year nor next year, but if you keep trying, we're going to land somebody. We need better depth. The guys coming off the bench, they need to be a little better where the guys can rest more because at the end of the game they're tired and they need to play defense, especially when we're on the road when we score less. If we can hold them down to a lower score, we have a better chance of winning if we're playing defense. So it's depth, talent, defense, you know, uh, uh, um, and go out after some some, uh, talent that's better, you know, Don Haskins brought in some real good players and he was competing for some real good players, he lost uh, to some of them, but he did bring some in, you know, and, and uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't know what
0: else to say, you know. No, you said it all. You said it all, Cruz. Appreciate the call. You really did. Better players. He's So he's talking about recruiting, and he, was, he mentioned football. By the way, I'll say this for Scotty Walden, okay? This is kind of interesting. I started thinking about this. So, when you have a terrible recruiting class and you're towards the bottom and you don't perform, well, I mean, you're not really getting people excited. You're not, you're not getting them excited about who's coming in because if you don't really have that much of a recruiting class and you don't win, you're like, okay, that's you know understandable, I guess. But when you've got the number one recruiting class at Conference USA, would you say that's putting expectations on the team um, at a much higher level than it otherwise would be because you figure, well, if you've got the best recruiting class in Conference USA, let's see that translate into some dubs and, and see a team that can go out there and, and, and uh, perform up to par.
1: Yeah, that's a good point because you think about like even at the highest levels of the college football sport, Texas or Texas A&M, every year those schools put up a top five recruiting class and one of the things that their fans say, well, the Aggies aren't winning enough game. I, they, they need to fire Jimbo Fisher. They need to move on from him. You know, the Longhorns on the flip side, Tom Herman getting every kind of recruit he wanted, Charlie Strong, every recruit he wanted. Why aren't they winning games? They've got to fire this coach. they got to go off and find a better coach because he's obviously not going getting it done. The players are coming, yet the success isn't. So yeah,
0: this uh, this leaves UTEP in a
1: situation where they've never really been in.
0: Aren't you fascinated to see if all these three stars are going to come right in and impact the team in a big way compared to when Dana Dimmel just brought in the, uh, the uh, Juco talent every year? And, you know, I mean, some guys were great, Some guys were good. They were steady, maybe not spectacular. But I always felt like, you know, expectations were never really as high for Juco athletes as they were for, let's say, all these three stars that give you a number one recruiting grade and, you know, highest ranked player ever to come to UTEP and all that. Well, you know, that's fine and dandy, but that also is putting more pressure on those guys and on the coach because, hey. If you've got such a great recruiting class and you're number one in the conference, let's see it start to uh, turn in terms of uh, you know wins during this, the course of the season. Yeah, I'll say something
1: quickly about Dana Dimmel. I'll just say this: no one can talk up junior college players like Dana Dimmel. Like he painted the picture for a guy who had zero stars behind him, zero yep. pedigree behind him. You couldn't even find uh, high school or JUCO tape on a, a certain player, and he would gas him up in, in a certain way and talk about them very highly. And he talked about all the all the players the same way. Now, never really got too excited about them, but never talked down on them, of course. He always saw each one in their recruiting classes pretty valuable. The difference here with Scotty Walden is he's got guys who other people are saying are valuable. Other people have graded these guys as three-star, whatever it is, uh, or other colleges have gone after some of these guys. The UTEP wouldn't get, previously with Dana Dimmel, wouldn't get into a lot of recruiting battles uh, to try to win a player over against another school. In this uh, current world that we're living in, the Scotty Walden world, he is not afraid of the recruiting battles, he wants to embrace those battles, and yeah, they've lost some of them, but they've won others, and for them that's what makes March 18th or 19th, whenever that first spring uh, practice, that much more anticipating. I mean, I'm really excited for this practice to see what young talent is already on campus, which ones expect to make an impact right away, and how this is all translating. This week was boot camp, so we'll get to hear it from Cade McConnell firsthand to hear how things are going with the big boot camp uh, being implemented with this football team.
0: I mean, by the way, half the roster's new. I mean, they've got like 48 new players. Some of those might be preferred walk-ons, but hey, I mean, it still means half of your roster with 85 players on a roster, you've got more than half are here for the first time.
1: Yeah, and I get it that some have uh, moved with this current coaching staff, so they might be familiar with some of the uh, different lingo and stuff like that that goes on behind the scenes, but it's new players mixing in with older players that have a new coaching staff here. So I I think that it's going to be an interesting bag to just see what they have, and I I think that they're going to be very optimistic on the younger talent, throw them on the field as soon as possible to try to see what they have in these younger
0: talents. I'm with you on that one. I I really am. All right. Uh, you want to weigh in, 505-6009. You can also hit us up on Twitter or X at 600 ESPN El Paso via social. We love that as well. Uh, When we come back, minor talk mashup, plus we're going to talk a little UTEP softball. Alberto's been at the games. They're 10-2 and 2 on the season. They got ASU on the road in Tempe coming up on Wednesday. By the way, just so you know, we reached out to uh, UTEP softball, and uh, we were told that There is no availability this week because of the games they have scheduled for this week, but we will be able to get uh, TJ Hubbard and players on next week. So we've already been reaching out for UTEP softball, and uh, we will get them into our River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studios as fast as we can get them here. I promise you that. But first, let's go to Adrian. We hit the bottom of the hour, which means it's Sports Center time back, everybody. Minor talk mashup, courtesy of Adrian Broadus. We got Alberto Luetta in the uh, studio as well, hanging with you on a Monday. One more hour to go. Then it's Teich live at Hudson's Grill, 1770 Lee Trevino for UTEP basketball with Keith Adams and Joe Golding. I'm looking at some of the messages on social coming up. Adrian posted a lot of videos of uh, Joe Golding. Augustine chimed in with this. Steve, winning is a mentality. Do the players have it? That's the big question. Well, obviously they have it on the, at home, but they don't really have it on the road simple simple to say right adrian exactly i mean the winning men it does
1: become a mentality right it is a mentality it could be a mental thing as far as the roadblocks for them not winning on the road i mean it's it, these games are coming down to the end it's not like they're getting blown out on the road it's not like they're blowing uh leads on their own although there has been some instances like that like the uh florida international game on the road but it's, whatever it might be they're just not finding ways to close these out for victories and You can be appreciative of the effort, and you can be excited about all this team gives on the road and their improvements. All those things are valid. But at the end of the day, are
0: they winning games on the road? And the answer to that is no. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. And um, you said it best. They might not win a road game this season. They might end up going, what would it be, Owen? Would it be Owen... How many road games do they have left? Yeah,
1: it's 0-11 because the Jacksonville State and Liberty series mm. is coming up uh, in a couple weeks. Okay. So that
0: that's their last road series. Okay, that makes sense. Um, also, some of these messages came up as well on social. Fernie, again, Adrian, I love my minors but always reliving the past. What have you done for me lately? FYI, I'm a season ticket holder. Give me more, says Fernie. Give me more. They're, you know, yeah, it's ahead.
1: tough, Steve. I'm just going to say, you know, it's they're celebrating all these great things, and it's awesome. I mean, the fact that they celebrated the 03-04 uh, team just a week ago against New Mexico State, that's huge. I mean, you don't have to bring, you don't have to do a lot to bring fans to the Haskins Center for the Battle of I-10, but they still did a great promotion ahead of that. Uh, this week it's the unveiling of the Don Haskins statue, which uh, Joe Golding talked about it, Instagrammable spots. This is going to be kind of your Instagrammable location location around utep uh in the coming years everybody's going to want to take a picture next to the bear and the statue it's just facts but yeah it just feels like what is this team currently doing we could celebrate all of yesterday all we want and it's always excited to talk throwbacks and all that kind of stuff they're going to have new jerseys this week honoring that 83 84 team as well but what good is all of that if you're not talking about wins for the current team
0: let me tell you something okay the truth is this we all want wins I am more excited about that statue unveiling this weekend than anything that's happened in a long time. Like that is, And, again, understand, it's personal. All right, folks? It's personal. This has been a project of mine for many, many years now, so I can't wait for Friday, actually for Saturday, when they have the public unveiling. That is going to be fantastic. So for me, and to see the 83-84 team again, I'm super excited about that because that's my childhood. I mean, I was – I was 11 years old when that team was going to the NCAA tournament, and I'm I'll be 51. So yeah, that there is reasons why I can't wait for this weekend. And sadly, Adrian, uh, you know, Sam Houston State is really not on the list. I want to see them win. Obviously, I want to see them go and and do what they've done at home uh, for most of the year this weekend and and win two games. But I'm just excited for the statue. Can't wait for that. I don't think El Pasoans realize just how incredible this thing's going to be.
1: Yeah, you talk about this athletic year for UTEP. Hasn't been a lot of uh, great things, right? I mean, we were talking about this over the weekend on Minor Talk. We were saying f- between football and bat- men's basketball, been one of the tougher Minor Talk seasons to do because, you know, even in that 2018 year where they struggled in basketball, uh, football at least was kind of on the upswing a yep. little bit or vice versa. When football was down in those early years of Minor Talk, starting to show up again on this radio station. At least the basketball team was serving it up. But this year, you're excited about the NIVC championship run that the volleyball team made, and that's one of the biggest uh, accomplishments for this athletic department this year. And you're also really excited about the hiring of Scotty Walden. And then this is probably atop both of those right there. The unveiling of the Don Haskins statue, long overdue. You got a shout-out today from Joe Golding in my in my video as well. And, uh, yeah, Steve, I think everybody, the whole community, you don't even have to be a, a UTEP men's basketball fan. to whole community is excited about this,
0: uh, which comes up on Saturday. We've never had this before. We've never had a bronze statue of any uh, El Paso and of significance. That's why, really, this is going to be so incredible and why I just can't wait. And I'm more excited for the fact that the Haskins family, specifically Mary Haskins, could have the opportunity to be a part of this this weekend. That, you have no idea. I mean, that's, that was my... Uh, my number one, uh, my number one thing was to make sure that uh, Mary was still with us when this happens, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, couldn't be happier, folks. Could not be happier with this whole thing being done. All right, let's take some calls. Five zero five six zero zero nine. We will begin our number two with Enrique. He joins us next on the phone lines. Enrique, welcome aboard. How are you? Hey, camp. I'm
3: good. How about you
0: guys? So, oh. hey, we're doing well. Thanks, Enrique. Appreciate it.
3: I was. Listening, talking about the Don Hassan stroke, uh
0: statue,
3: I, I can't wait to see it. It's been a, it's been way long overdue.
0: It's just one of those things that it'll become quite simply the most uh, photographed area, probably uh, you know in town. I, I know obviously the university, but everybody's going to want to take their picture next to the statue. It's going to be fantastic, and uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just it should have been done a long time ago, and for reasons uh, unbeknownst to me, it just wasn't. But, uh, Friday, you know, Saturday when everybody gets a chance to see it during the uh, public unveiling, uh, it's just it, it's going to blow you away. I'm super excited. And I haven't even seen it yet. I mean, that's, that's the fun part to me is I'm excited myself because I get to, I get to see it unveiled with everybody else, and that's, uh, that's going to be awesome.
3: It, it's going to be cool. Like, I'm really happy to pose. I saw a quick glimpse of his, uh, his iconic pose in the sideline, the, the bear mentality. I'm, I'm excited.
0: Great. great! Are you going to be out there Saturday to see it?
3: I'm going to try to make it. I'm going to try to make it so I can just just
0: marvel at it. But okay. I wanted
3: to bring up uh, UTEP basketball. It was something that came to mind. is In the beginning of the season, we were all just so excited just because of how well this squad did in the Baja Classic. They were so close of winning the whole thing. They upset Cal. Like, the way they were playing, the way they were cemented was just – we haven't seen this since, oh, I was even going to say, since the Gillespie days, since the Doc Stadler days. I was like, wow, this, this program might have turned around. But now we're at where we're at, and it's, I, don't, I don't even know where this is going to go.
0: Uh, nobody does. That's the crazy thing. We don't know. First off, we don't know what's going to happen in the tournament. As Adrian said uh, about a week or two ago, they could uh, go all the way to the championship game. They can get bounced out in the first round, or they could be somewhere in between. And truth is, we have no idea. But if I had to guess, I'm going to guess early exit right now versus a deep appearance because we haven't seen this team play well really at all uh, in terms of uh, you know road games this year. And I know it's a neutral site game, but hey, it's it's in it's in Alabama. I mean, it's you know. <laughs> There's, there's really uh, that's, that's the hardest thing about this is uh, they're going to go to a place they've never played before, nobody has, and it's going to be a total crapshoot.
3: Only thing I can look at it as is, is it's a neutral site, just like the California tournament. Maybe that'll give them some after their step. I don't know. they will take away that away game stigma and may, maybe they can get a hot run. And, you know, sometimes it really does matter, like baseball. Yep. If they just get hot, if they can get hot in the tournament. Maybe that could even carry over. Like, maybe they don't even get uh, – never mind. I was going to say NIT, but we're far well, from that.
0: Could we, could we at least have somebody at UTEP hire a hypnotist and hypnotize this team to think they're in the Don Haskins Center uh, for that tournament?
3: <laughs> now you're thinking now you're outside the box there, Cap. I like it.
0: Got to do what you got to do. That's exactly Enrique. Hey, appreciate it, man. Thanks for the call. What do you think about that, Adrian? Hypnotist to get this team under hypno- hypnosis and to think that they are playing in the Don Haskins Center. All week when they're out there, uh, going to be in Huntsville, Alabama.
1: Yeah, I, actually, I like the idea. And, you know, I'll give this team, uh, some credit for having a short term memory. It feels like, you know, they, they'll they have like big deficits in game and then they'll just kind of forget that they've been playing that bad and just kind of turn, uh, switch a gear or turn something and then, uh, play a lot better than they had. So I, you know, the Western Kentucky game that could have got messy at multiple points and it didn't. And they came back. Although at the end, I think the score, a 10 point game, wasn't really a a 10-point game. It was right. probably a little bit more than that. Now, in the Middle Tennessee game, there were multiple runs that the Blue Raiders had where the Miners could have easily uh, you know, laid down and lost in that one, but they had a short-term memory and they fought back. So, this team has effort. They
0: had fight, but they just don't have the win in them yet on the road. Good point. All right, that's I guess that's the last thing you need, right? Effort is there, fight's there, but you can't close. So maybe they can figure out a way to do that over the next month or so. In the meantime, here is Adam from the East Side. He joins us next on the program. Adam, what's going on? Oh, hang on, Adam. My apologies. I didn't patch you through. Now I did. Adam, go ahead.
4: Hey, how are you guys? We're doing well. Definitely excited about um, about that Saturday unveiling. Um just had a newborn baby, so excited about that, but gonna be gonna hey. be carrying that on from far.
0: Congratulations. So, uh, That's awesome, man. Good for you. Um uh, let's see, how many pounds, how many ounces?
4: So right now he's just he was born prematurely. Um, but just definitely uh we're just building that UTEP fan base with him coming Good. into this world. So
0: awesome, man. Uh, awesome. Well, congratulations better. on that. Hope uh for the best with everything with you, uh and uh and your newborn and uh Pretty exciting. Where are you living these days, Adam?
4: In El Paso. Okay, so you're yeah, here. Well, I, mean, I, you. I go to all the UTEP games. See Adrian there sometimes. Um, I guess uh, I'm just going to kind of give it a, a different perspective. Look, New Mexico State is—they're um, starting to get blown out. You know, they're starting to get blown out on road games. Mm-hmm. They're they're barely hanging on for some home wins, and I just don't feel like UTEP. You know. They're they're taking some tough losses, but they're not getting blown out, just like what Adrian said right now. So I think there's a little bit more team morale there than what New Mexico State has. And, again, we're going to the conference tournament. It's a neutral court. Um, I think the only reason that I'd have a bone to pick anything with Golding is I'm just completely out on Calvin Solomon. Um, the whole team looks like it's operating at a different level than Calvin Solomon when it comes from passes, being aware of what's going on on the court. The speed of the game, the miners are operating at a faster speed. Calvin Solomon is just not—he hasn't all season—and and it's just evident when he's on the court. I've seen him come off the bench. I know Joe Golding's trying to do different things to get him with it, but it's just not working. Look, at, everybody was um, on Calvin kalute He's—he's a, a little bit better at his free throws. He's catching the ball better under the basket. Just people that I didn't think might get better at some things are getting better, while Calvin Solomon is regressing. So. I'm completely out on Calvin Solomon. I don't know if we need to get those onto more minutes, but he um, brings something to the court right now that Calvin Solomon does
0: not. Well, that's true. And yet, one of the things we'll say about uh, really, you know, Joe Golding late in games, Adrian, he goes with his vets. I mean, he goes with a lot of the roster or the guys on the court are usually going to be. The guys that have been there within the last few years, or
1: guys that he's uh, starting to trust and trust more, like David Terrell Jr., who has closed yeah. out some games, has not closed out others, and I like the fact that you know he gets some of that experience because if you're a minor optimist, if you're you know hopeful for the future, then you're banking a lot of your stock on David Terrell Jr. You know you understand that Solomon's gone after this year, Hardy too, and Jonathan Dosanjos is a senior as well, same as Zid Powell, but you hope to have the youth and to build upon so when you see him in the closing minutes unlike the veterans it's refreshing to see some younger talent but typically it's all the seniors and it's all the older guys
0: and I guess you said it best I mean really if you're going to take out Calvin Solomon um you know late in the game uh, who, now sometimes you'll see Solomon play with Kalu. sometimes you'll see Solomon play for Kalu. but the two guys you don't see are going to be Um, Hamilton and Jones. They're usually not in their late in games. They might get sporadic minutes at times, but you won't see them late in games. Usually it's going to be Kalou... Um, and or um, you know and or um, Solomon when it comes down to those post players,
1: I wouldn't be surprised to see Dosanjos earn more minutes. To Adam's point, uh, I don't know if he can necessarily play that five position. They're he gonna can. have to go a little bigger. It has to be to play alongside Solomon, um, not necessarily to be on his own like on an island. Although Dosanjos closed out a lot of those minutes against Middle Tennessee. Granted, it's a smaller team.
0: That's true. And don't you think though that when when you watch Solomon play, I mean. Do you feel he's best at the four or best at the five?
1: That's a great question. I think he can guard one through five, but I think offensively he shoulders too much when he's asked to be the five, yeah. to make, which makes him end up making uh, mistakes, like the turnovers that you might see during games. So, right. yeah, his position is definitely that four. The problem is fours nowadays are kind of like threes and twos. I mean, you, you see a lot of smaller guards or sizable guards play that position instead of a traditional forward. True enough.
0: All right. We've got more coming up here on the program as we continue. 18 past the hour. Let's go over to Charlie One. Get ourselves this traffic update. It's The hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. 505-6009. That's our telephone number to get in. 600 ESPN El Paso. On Twitter and X. and Social media. A lot of stuff for you this week. A lot of stuff to talk about. In fact, I saw the list of members of the 83-84 team that are going to be back here. I think it's fantastic. Tim Floyd's going to be back here. That's great news. Anthony Bailey, Don Bronco Bronson, Wayne Soup Campbell, Paul Cunningham will be here as well. The Cheese, Dave Fidel, Lester Pony Goodwin, Kevin Hamilton, and, of course, Fred Reynolds. Uh, what a list that is. That's a terrific list of guys that many of us uh, you know got to love over the years. They were here for that 83-84 team. Not to mention, uh, you know, there will be others coming to town for the statue uh, unveiling this weekend. That's also really exciting. You know, when you hear the news of guys like uh, Antonio Davis, Tim Hardaway, uh, hopefully there'll be some players from the '66 team coming back too. That's going to be uh, it's going to be happening, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Nine dollars fifteen cent tickets for the Saturday game, and uh, for all the uh, minor. Um, games, uh, you know, during the, the home games. Uh, they got Sam Houston coming up Saturday. But it's important to note that, yes, our tickets, um, you know, within the first 15 rows of of the floor, uh, higher priced in El Paso than any other place in Conference USA. Absolutely, they are. But the $9.15 ticket is still a cheap ticket. It's under 10 bucks. That's less than a movie. And Adrian, the fact is, is that you know you get in for nine dollars and fifteen cents to the Haskins Center, like like a couple of Saturdays ago when you had New Mexico State in town. And uh, that place was rocking pretty good.
1: Look, the people who are uh, upset or who get mad about the tickets, and I get it. Like, I understand if you're looking to be budget conscious, if you're out there trying to get the affordable seats, plan now. Plan today, Monday, and Tuesday if you're going to plan to go to the game on Saturday. Don't come at us after planning it on Friday and thinking, oh, I, I guess I kind of want to go to the game, or, oh, that's right, i got to get my tickets. No, 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 no. Plan it now. Get your tickets now so then you don't have to worry about any of the headaches, any of the last minute ticket getting in and then start complaining to us about the expensive ticket price.
0: And if you can make a day of it, make a day of it. You got the Haskins statue unveiling, the public unveiling at four o'clock on Saturday. So you can go, be there for the unveiling, take a photo next to the bear. Then you'll walk into the game three hours later. I mean, there's a lot of good things. Or actually, probably about about two hours or an hour and a half later, because you know, I got are, the those... map. I got it. Yeah. you can go to
1: the unveiling, go to the district, join Maybe. us, get a, a burger, get a it.
0: bite, get a drink, and then go right back to the Haskins Center to watch the game. What do you do by the way? If you go to the district, do you get a burger or do you get the quesadillas? Or do you get the wrap? Like every time we eat at the district, it's always a great meal no matter what.
1: Yeah, actually we passed by yesterday. Uh, We were uh, driving around. My wife and I were looking for a restaurant. She she jokingly said, what about just getting the rolled tacos from the district? And I was like, yeah, actually that sounds fantastic. Those rolled tacos are pretty great. So you're right. There's a lot of ways you could do it out at the district.
0: You're five days into Lent. Have you dropped some weight? giving up sweets <laughs>
1: no, uh i haven't checked i haven't i haven't hit the scale but I, I probably have i'll say this it's it's so tough last night i almost broke steve oh. it was sunday it's the sunday night or yeah, it's tough and i'm like man there, i just want a sweet to wind down the night or wind up the day you know that was i it really it really tested me yesterday
0: what's been your sweet substitute for the last five days <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. Um, okay, so uh, we talked about the gross dry fruit last week. I've been eating that. It's gross. it's awful like just not no flavor whatsoever like the banana slices, the apple slices type of thing. No flavor whatsoever dry, dried
0: fruit. What about the uh, what about apricots?
1: Oh, I should I should dive into that. There's
0: flavors in those.
1: okay I should dive into that I, you know and I like almonds so I, I need to, I need to load up on some almonds.
0: Are you a cereal guy?
1: I do like cereal. Yes, I do like cereal.
0: What cereal do you have in the house?
1: Uh, none. We we did we talked about the cereal thought and we were like, you know what, it's a borderline. It's kinda like it's kind of like cheating in a way. So we don't have it right now.
0: What if you do Cheerios plain and then you throw some blueberries in? Oh,
1: uh, that's the ones we
0: had. You th- Wait, you got rid yes. of plain Cheerios?
1: Uh, well, not that we got rid of them. We just kind of put them in the back, and we said, "No, nah, we're not going to touch these." There's,
0: there's like no sugar in plain Cheerios.
1: You're right. No, you're right. It's just kind of like on the borderline, though. It, it's like, it, for me at least, we were when we were having this whole discussion. Yeah, yeah, it was on the borderline. Well,
0: I was just playing around with you and just trying to make you eat nothing. I mean, as far as, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, as long as you just do the, you know, do, for the most part, and just. You know, just try to abide by it. You'll be fine. So, I, I, if, I if you ask me now, uh, five days into it, I'm like, yeah, you've got permission. You should, you should definitely eat plain Cheerios. <laughs> that would be good.
1: You know, what? I think I'm all right. Um, I'm just trying to make my meals, uh, savor my meals. That's how I'll say it. I'll good. savor my meals, and
0: I don't need dessert. I don't need the there sweets you go. afterwards. Good for you. Maybe you'll give it a ball together after these 40 days. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's give out awards from Saturday's minor talk and the. Double overtime loss for UTEP to Middle Tennessee. Uh, first off, who won our win supply? El Paso hot hand of the game.
1: Yeah, you know it was a little difficult, but in this one, off the bench, Jonathan Dosanjos four three pointers, fourteen points. Uh, Sal named it. I-, I agreed completely. He was definitely the hot hand from over the weekend. And uh, yeah, when they get thirty nine points off the bench, and Jonathan Dosanjos is leading the way, that's usually a good thing for this UTEP basketball team. Shout out to John Dosanjos has battled injuries both his seasons here at UTEP I I think he could have been a special player but just was unavailable with no fault of his own he just faced injuries throughout his two years here so he was the hot hand from this weekend
0: awesome by the way uh, speaking of uh, hot you know I I know I was seeing the weather it got to 70 degrees today but it's still cold in the mornings Uh, every time and, and at night it gets cold I mean if you don't uh, have a heater going, you'll probably get into the uh, 60s for sure, probably the uh, mid to low 60s in your home, which is more the reason to look into a new system from Champion Heating and Cooling. You go to the Find a Dealer tab at com. you'll find the certified Champion Elite Dealers. There are three of those. And then you have your preferred champion dealers, and there's another 10 of those. It's all up right now. com slash find a dealer, and uh, you can find a dealer nearest you for Wind Supply and Champion. Time now for our. Timothy Cantrell, player of the game. This is where we had a lot of difficulty finding a player of the game because
1: even you know even though Tay Hardy led the way with twenty four points, he had some costly uh, turnovers in the game and uh, held the ba- the team back at certain points. Plus twenty three shot attempts, eight makes. You know, I get it. He's going to the free throw line and making and having nine attempts, which is solid. Uh, but still, you you would like to. How do you ask more from your best player in Tay Hardy? It, you know, in this one we gave it to Zid Pal thirteen points eight rebounds five assists uh one turnover 34 minutes of action didn't feel great about it but it just was tough across the board to find a player of the game so zid powell for filling up the stat sheet uh for those five assists and one turnover which is a plus for him we ended up giving it to zid powell
0: One of those rare zid games where he gets into double figures and they still lose
1: that's right yeah not too many of those maybe
0: two or three only Folks, Timothy Cantrell is your trusted real estate agent. He has over 20 years of experience. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in El Paso, you can look no further than Tim. He's got vast knowledge, unwavering dedication, and valuable resources to make your real estate dreams come true. All you got to do is contact Timothy Cantrell today. You can reach him at 915-204-8441 via call or text. And don't forget to follow him on Instagram at Timothy Realtor for the latest listings and tips. And we give out those awards after every game on minor talk. And uh, that is presented by the Oscar Adietta agency. And uh, what a show. I mean, I'm telling you right now, um, I know uh, Esteban uh, hit us up on social about this, wondering if uh, Joe Golding uh, listens to minor talk after games. My answer to that is probably not. But trust me. Plenty of people around that program do. They know. um, He knows. It's not like he is oblivious to the way fans are feeling about this team. He might not talk about it as openly as you'd like, but believe me, every coach at that university that is part of either football or basketball, they know all about how fans feel after every game on Minor Talk.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's right kind of in your face. I mean, people can even tag the coach and stuff like they have uh, here in the past. So, uh, yeah, I mean, to the credit of our listeners, I appreciate them and those listeners who some uh, sometimes happen to be on the staff, happen to be coaches, happen to be players, parents of players who've called me on and off the record. You know, I appreciate them too. You know, it's, it's good discussion. It's good discourse, and we'll keep at
0: it. All right. A little bit past the bottom of the hour. We've got John Teicher standing by for our final countdown coming up in about 15 minutes from Hudson's Grill, where he's hanging out for UTEP basketball with Keith Adams and Joe Golding. In the meantime, let's get one last Sports Center update. Here he is, Adrian, back with another uh, Sports Center as we continue. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. I'm looking at uh, Twitter and X. Um, I see a couple of messages first. I see El Paso Visuals Deportivos trying to get uh, me to start up again with Tim Floyd. That is not going to happen. I am done with that. I know he doesn't want me to bury the hatchet. Please, it's got to stop. It, it's enough. It's it's years ago. It's it it's history. In fact, we're going to reunite uh, this weekend, and uh, all is going to be good. We're not. There there is no round two. I'm done with that. So is uh, so is coach. We're we're uh, we're we're going to bond together over something we both love, and that is the bear, Don Haskins, and the statue and everything that it means and re- represents. So I appreciate the fact that uh, everybody wants, or at least he wants, to see uh, you know a reprise of what happened years ago. No interest. Don't want to do that, in fact. Uh, but uh, thank you for bringing that up, El Paso Visuals. Appreciate that.
1: Hey, I'll just say this. Open invite, at least on my show. Open invite.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, you weren't you know I'm not I'm not going to be here uh, Friday. You're you're uh, flying without oh, me. Oh,
1: interesting. Cool. So who knows? Maybe he'll, maybe good.
0: maybe he'll just randomly pop in on you and uh, join the show. <laughs> Gotta be good. Maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. Good. Um, meanwhile, YYS Ying Yang Samurai getting in on the NBA. Here's what he had to say for All Star Weekend. What I saw yesterday for an All Star game was an insult. This is coming from a guy who fell in love with the game at the age of six. And then he went on to say, the only way the NBA can lure me back to the All-Star festivities is if Wemby wins both the three-point shootout and the dunk contest next year. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, Adrian. I didn't watch a minute of All-Star Weekend. I know we aired it on 600 because of how big the NBA is with ESPN Radio, and I'm happy we aired it for those that are NBA fans. You're a huge fan. YYS is a huge fan. But no, I, I, did not, uh, I did not waste uh, any time this weekend on that. Did I miss out? Should I have watched a G League, uh, a G League star repeat a slam dunk contest winner? Apparently he can't make an NBA roster, but he can go back to back on winning the slam dunk contest.
1: Yeah, shout out Texas Tech zone, Matt McClung. Uh, he had a cup of coffee with the Lakers. Maybe even the NBA champion, Matt McClung. He might have won it when the Lakers went to the bubble. Anyways, uh, all that aside to say, I didn't watch a single second of All Star Weekend, and you're a fan. I'm a huge, I'm a diehard fan. You I watched are a diehard. I, I was struggling this weekend because I didn't have NBA because, and I watched UFC. I watched almost every single second of that UFC card uh, instead of watching any sort of dunk contest, three-point contest, the Sabrina versus Steph. I love the thought, but I'm not watching it. Uh, No, I I didn't watch any of that. I think all of that was made for social media. Yesterday, all my sports watching focus was on the golf. The Genesis Invitational was not on what was going on for the All-Star game itself. I thought it was an absolute disgrace to the sport. And you know what? Most of these all-star games are. I mean, look at what we've, we – we just don't even talk about the football one anymore, the Pro Bowl, yeah. because it has actually turned – we talked about a glorified flag football. It's now turned into a flag football game. So, uh, you know, the, these games are are just awful, and uh, I think we have to fix them in all these sports.
0: The only all-star game I watch is baseball because the truth is it is the one game that at least is played – um. It resembles a regular season game, and even the baseball has plenty of show and plenty of flash. I get all that, but that still is the one game. It's the middle of the season, uh, just like you know the NBA and the NHL All Star Game. But it just feels more genuine than the others.
1: That's right. I mean, think about think about this, Steve. Everybody watches the home run derby. They love to watch the the homers being mashed out of the park. They love the all-star game in itself because that might be for some fans who are casuals just for baseball, the time they really check in and watch. Hey, we're talking about the middle of the summer, pretty much middle of the season. This is the time I need to start really watching my team or other teams across baseball to see who's really going to be a contender and who's not. So that is uh, the way that they do it for major league baseball is fantastic. Every, uh, you know, basketball and football they've got issues
0: well baseball you don't see 25 to 17 scores the way you saw yesterday's 211 to 186 i mean there's no defense played it's a joke and you're getting you know carl anthony Towns scoring 50 points with nobody guarding and that's one of the reasons why you don't watch it who nobody wants to see a game where there's 211 points Nobody wants to see
1: a game where Carl An- uh, Anthony Towns is scoring 50 points. So that's, that's another too. part. I mean, it, it's it, to me, it's a lost cause. I don't think there is a solution to fixing it. If somebody had it, they probably would have already implemented it. It's sad. It, it's sad to where this is at right now. And I wish, I wish we would talk about the actual season because unfortunately, it, the All Star Weekend is not it for the NBA.
0: No, it's not. No, it's not. I'll give you something you want to you want to talk about. I'll tell you right now. Our dining deal for this week—that's coming up Friday at 10 a.m., folks. You can go online right now to a uh, krd.com or 600espnel Goes to the same place, and while you're there, you can get fifty dollars to Flips Neighborhood Bar and Kitchen for just twenty five dollars. If you've never been to Flips, let me tell you something—you're missing out. It's on the West Side, 1071 Country Club Road. In fact the heart of the Upper Valley in El Paso. And I'll tell you what, I was there last week. I saw the full bar. I saw the lunch options, which is $8.99. You get uh, soup, salad, and a sandwich, a wrap. That is one of the best deals in town. You get the $25 family meal deal as well, and uh, they've got it all. Pizza, burgers, tacos, salads, soups, sandwiches. You want to get you know, take advantage of that? $50 to Flips Neighborhood Bar and Kitchen for $25. It's going to be Friday, 10 a.m. Goes on sale for dining deals. You can check that out at 600 ESPN El com. When we come back, John Teicher will join us for our final countdown. That's next, right here, Sports Talk in 600 ESPN El Paso.